This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's going to be an eventful year in the world of Parasport. The Parapan Am Games are going down next month in Santiago, Chile. And the Paralympics are set for next summer in Paris, France. Alex Smythe is gearing up. He's meeting with all sorts of high-performance athletes as they prepare to represent Canada. Hello, Alex. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing well. This continues a series of conversations uh, that you collected at the Level Playing Field events last week in Toronto. And one of the athletes that you've given a couple shout-outs to here is Marissa Poppin-Constantinou. Why should people keep her on their radar? Well, Marissa just has such a fascinating story. She is still a relatively young athlete, all things considered, but her athletic career already has been uh, filled with highs and lows. She's suffered major setbacks from injuries to disqualification at a, a Paralympic Games to getting through those those challenges, those hurdles, building that re resilience, and then setting personal bests at Tokyo, coming away with a bronze medal there, and then recently setting again, uh, coming again with a bronze medal at the 2023 World Para Athletics World Championships. So there's the the struggles and the triumphs in her story and then if that's not enough for you she's also the first uh paralympic female athlete to be sponsored by nike dave so nice. uh, a, there's a lot of uh just reasons to really want to cheer her on and support her and she's going to be someone who's going to be uh, a name that you will hear more and more, I think, as the, the year goes on and as we head on to the next Paralympic cycle as well, because, as I said, she's still quite young and she's really setting a strong impression in her sport so far. All right, well, let's jump into the interview that you conducted. Let's hear what Marissa has to say. Marissa, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so you have been someone who's really dealt with a lot of highs and lows in your career so far, um, especially early on, there was a lot of lows. How did those kind of uh, bouts of adversity, how did that help kind of build resilience for you as you continue to train and, and start to see some of the success you worked so hard for? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, there were definitely a lot of early on challenges, a lot of injuries, disqualifications. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of these things, I talk about them as skills that I've added to my toolbox. And these skills are essentially just how I can deal and cope with challenges because they're inevitable, they happen. As an athlete, as a person in general, just going through life, there are always going to be obstacles, there are always going to be challenges. And going through those things at such a young age, firstly, really helped mature me in the sport and kind of helped shape the athlete that I am today. But also, you know, gave me the ability to deal with things head on and uh, manage them to the best of my ability. It was not easy and it was not something that, you know, I dealt with on my own. I was so lucky to have such a great community around me, my parents, my coaches, my teammates, uh, everyone just pushing to really make sure that I was able to get through those hard times. But I don't take back or I don't regret uh, anything that kind of like took place over the years because again, they've led me to where I am today. And I think without those, I don't know if I would have been able to um, maybe kind of push through some of the uh, experiences that I have today. 
Marissa, you mentioned your, your team that you really had around you. Can you tell me a bit more about the importance of having a strong team that you can really count on in those moments of need? Yeah, I mean, everyone says, you know, track's an individual sport. You're out there by yourself, which is true in so many ways. But a lot of the work that happens in the background on a regular basis is done by such a large team from, you know, my coaches, my strength and conditioning, physio, chiro, um, nutrition, biomech, like prosthetists. There's just so many people that are involved in uh, in my success and in my journey that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to achieve all these things if I didn't have this really amazing support. Oh, and of course, mental performance as well, because, you know, you're, you have to be a little crazy to do track and field. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, it's it's really helped get me to where I am today. It's again, these people have also helped shape me into the athlete I am, um, especially starting out so young um, and knowing that I had a very long career ahead of me. I had, I've had a very good support system to make sure that I wasn't burnt out too early. That I was, you know, doing all the necessary things to make sure that I had, you know, a very long. Uh, like lifespan in the sport and to make sure that I made it to the LA 28, 28 games and that's the plan for the future. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to all the people around me. Um, and again, I can't, I can't emphasize enough that, you know, track is, is also a team sport at the end of the day too. And so how is the training going right now? Yeah, I mean, so yesterday was my first back in base season for the 2024 season, uh, which is kind of crazy because I had a little bit of a up and down summer with just like my time off. I competed at world championships. I competed at nationals. I came home from nationals. I had a couple weeks off and then I got a call to compete at the Diamond League in Eugene, Oregon for the final, uh, which, you know, was a very new thing for my classification. So we were very excited to have that opportunity. So I wasn't in great racing shape for it, but, you know, I've had some time off, but I feel like overall I haven't really like stopped all that much. So to be back into it, um, is a little weird right now, but it's also very exciting because I know the year that's coming up and I'm going into the season stronger than I ever have before. So I think, you know, building off of those moments from this past summer and bringing them into next season and taking all those experiences with me moving forward and just continuing to hone my craft and be that best version of myself on and off the track, I think is what's going to propel me into the Paralympic season next year. And it's going to be busy it's going to come hot and heavy but i'm really excited well and you mentioned about the success that you've started to have you you set personal best in tokyo you then uh, followed up with the bronze medal at the uh, para pan at, uh, the the world para uh, championships how do you maintain that momentum and, and build on it as you make your way into this 2024 season? It's a very good question. So I think this past summer, I definitely struggled a little bit with the idea of going into a championship as a medalist. Um, that was new territory for me because Tokyo was my very first experience as a medalist. Uh, but I think, you know, working with my sports psych and kind of figuring out, okay, how do we approach this championships? I really had to be okay with the fact that I might never medal ever again. And it's a very weird combination because being okay with that, but also doing everything you can in your power to try and achieve that goal again. So it was, it's a very tricky, like contradicting thing to kind of grapple with. But I think, you know, once I was able to get that and kind of let go of that pressure and that stress, I just go out there and have fun and honestly just live my left best life on the track because at the end of the day I do this because it's fun and I have to remind myself that all the time so I think 
going into next year, I just have to keep carrying that same energy and reminding myself of those those little tools that have gotten me to where I am. And you know, there will be tough moments along the way. It's inevitable, like I said before, like challenges always come up, but I'm ready for them. And uh, yeah, just keeping that same energy. And again, I have such great people around me to kind of remind me of when I maybe get in a little spiral or things don't go my way or whenever, um, whenever challenges come up. So yeah, just using that combination of my, my team and uh, the mindset that I've developed over time. Now you mentioned that the, you, you're just getting back into the season now. When it is the, the off season, do you like to pick up or, or engage in other sports beyond just running or is running just a sole focus for you? So I really did want to actually try some different sports this last summer, but I just because we got invited to Eugene, I didn't really have a lot of downtime. And then when I did have, actually have two weeks off, I just wanted to chill and do nothing because I knew again, once we got back into it, it was going to be, you know, Monday to Saturday, every single day. Um, solid throughout the week. So um, I actually do love doing Pilates, though. That is something I like to do on the side. It's really good for, you know, general strength. Um, as an as a track athlete, you know, you're you're really strong in the big muscle groups, like squats and cleans and deadlifts and all these things. But um, at those little tiny muscles, um, it's good to work on those. So that's why I really like to do Pilates as well. And lastly, before I let you go, uh, you are a media student. Is it a bit strange now to go from, you know, maybe a bit more behind the camera in the production of it to now being the, the face and, and profiled in an episode of Level Playing Field? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I did stuff like this in school and it was phenomenal experience and I'm so glad to have had uh, my five years at TMU in the sports media program because I really did get such a overall good understanding of media production, sport business, like everything. And I, I'm, I love it because I can take it with me in my current life as an athlete. And of course, hopefully in the future one day as a, in a career in broadcast one day. Marissa, thank you so much for your time and best of luck. Thank you so much. So Alex, you had the chance to talk to Marissa. She was also featured in the first episode of Level Playing Field. You can find that on AMI Plus if you haven't caught it already. What was something you learned about Marissa or her sport that surprised you? Well, the thing that I found very interesting is for the most part, Marissa is training with a mixed group of, of runners. So there's able-bodied athletes, there's herself who has a lower limb loss, and they're all training together in that same environment, and they're still able to push each other and, and still build that um, kind of drive in, in that, that high performance environment that she can then take it to the different competitions around the world. Uh, the thing I've learned through the years of covering sprinting and running particularly, it's a very slow and, and minimal gain sport. So you're not going to see massive jumps in a short period of time. Mm. It's going to be maybe half a second here that you can build on, or maybe it's a second you can gain over the course of a year, which sounds like minuscule, but that can make all the difference, especially if you're running short distance track, like 100, 200 meters. Yeah, yeah. Like a second, half a second could make the difference between meddling or missing the podium entirely. So the fact she's able to do that and have have that environment around her that 
it's it's this mixed group that are all training together and it's leading to her success was very interesting to learn for it, it's so funny because I always call that skill versus will and in some sports the precision is so important that you've got to do both right there's certain endurance sports like marathon running like yes your running gait matters but at the end of the day if you don't put the miles in and don't put the hours in you're not going to get results but something like sprinting or short distance running that little twitch of a muscle where you put your heel where you put the ball of your foot Alex it's wild what a difference it can make the skill versus will absolutely and and something that comes out in her story is uh, how she had to kind of build that that understanding with her coach because her coach hadn't uh, coached a athlete who uses a blade to run and so it's the understanding of the physiology of okay well you're going to be off-centered. Your your muscles are going to be in balance every single moment that you're running because of the nature of having a limb loss and having a blade opposed to another foot that you're using for your muscles. So it's trying to figure out, okay, how is your body reacting yeah. in a way that is appropriate for you, not just how it should be for overall. It, and it's really taking that individualized approach. Well, Alex, I'm looking forward to the uh, series of interviews you're going to be doing with para-athletes over the coming months, just like I look forward to the weather report you're going to do in 60 seconds. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minute. Canada's main stock index gained 1.3% in trading yesterday following the long Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Toronto's TSX index rose 255 points to 19,501. New York's Dow Jones average gained 134 points and the Nasdaq added 78. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index gained 189 points and our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 73.54 cents U.S. Unifor put its short-lived strike on hold yesterday after afternoon after General Motors agreed to a tentative contract just 12 hours into the job action. The deal reached for GM's nearly 4,300 unionized workers at three southern Ontario plants mirrors the deal the union struck with Ford two weeks prior. Ratification votes will be scheduled in the coming days before Unifor turns its attention to pattern bargaining with Stellantis. And plans for a gold mine near Wells, British Columbia took a significant step forward with the granting of an environmental assessment certificate. From the Canadian Press. I'm Karen Rebo. Gold. Thank you very much, Karen. Let's go back to Alex for the weather reports. Alex, it's been a little soggy in our neck of the woods in southern Ontario. Yeah, Dave, southern Ontario has been dealing with a prolonged period of wet weather, but thankfully, that's not to end today, at least for the rest of the week. The cool weather, on the other hand, you can kind of expect that to stick around. The highs will hover around the low teens as the cool temperatures linger within this region. This is kind of the fall weather you're going to expect to be over in the next little while. Now, there are concerns, though, that a Colorado low-pressure system could bring more rain this weekend as it moves up from the states into the Great Lakes. So, in terms of how much rain and wet weather we're talking about, Hamilton, there could see upwards of 70 millimeters of rain this weekend, while Toronto could see 50 millimeters. Now, there's still a few days before we get to there, and there is a chance that the high pressure system over the prairies may force that Colorado system to stay south of the border, leave the Great Lakes region alone. But regardless, 
time will tell as we get closer the tracks will kind of solidify themselves so if you are planning on doing something this weekend be sure to check the weather before you go out you may need an umbrella or a raincoat yeah with you. keep them raincoats ready tis the time of the season thank you very much alex coming up after the break the ramen ramen festival is taking over montreal community reporter shiny saravana muthu will ladle out a report this is now with dave brown on ami tv Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.